We'll start after these announcements. Uh, in the foyer, on the wall there, there's a list of uh, items that you can bring for the pantry. So check with that. Um, we, uh, we're glad to have you all here today. Uh, we, if you're a visitor, we want you to welcome you back at any opportunity that you can be here with us. Um, we do have a couple people here today that hadn't been here. Misty Summers is back with us. She was seeing the doctor Wednesday night, and so we're glad to have her back. And also, Kurt's here. He's been gone for about three months, and uh, so it's good to have him back with us. But he's going to go again, so if y'all, in case y'all get worried, he's going to stay. He's going to go again. But we need to keep him in their prayers. He's, I believe he's been to Puerto Rico. I don't know. Is that right? Okay. We need to keep him in our prayers. Uh, we have some that are sick today. There's several sick, and we may not have all of you, but uh, Regina is sick today, uh, and that's why she's not here. Libby uh, Miller, she's sick. Wilma Hawkins, uh, she uh, is sick. Uh, she comes with Doug and Melanie. Daphne Hagen is not feeling well today. Uh, Brooklyn Raglan is sick, and Jane Raglan. Vera Harrison and uh, Eleanor Thurman. That's Joanne's sister, and uh, Joanne and... Uh, Vera's sister, she's uh, got cancer, and we need to keep her in our prayers. I do want to tell you that in regards to my sister-in-law, many of you have prayed for, she's doing well. Uh, the treatment she's getting is helping, but uh, uh, we still need to pray for her. But the doctor has said that her cancer is so slow-growing that she possibly could die of something else in life before she dies of that. So maybe we've slowed it down when we pray for her. But appreciate your prayers. Appreciate your prayers. Um, we do have one uh, passing that Connie Kill passed away last night, and she is a cousin to Bill McGuire, the daughter of... Eugene and Jane Christian. So, Bill, we uh, we want to give you our condolences for losing a cousin, and we want to keep this family in our prayers. One of the things that I want to say is that uh, we had a great meal here last night. Uh, Sammy and Belinda uh, did a very good uh, job of fixing a meal for a teacher appreciation. Um, I, I tell you, they just overdid theirself. It, it was really good and we really appreciate it. Sammy is uh, over the class, the education and doing a great job and things uh, have worked out real good since uh, 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 Eric did a good job as while he was over it and then he passed it on to Sammy and, and our education program is going well. We just want to remind you that be of service be of help to Sammy when he needs teachers and all. And uh, don't shy away. You can teach on a month, I mean, on a uh, 
quarterly basis or whatever, but do step forward and help out in that program. Uh, we have some activities going on. Um, today is the youth service at Richland. That's at 4 o'clock. And also, there's a Saturday night Devo Super Bowl gathering. Uh, I suppose that's for whoever wants to come, but probably more geared toward the youth. I, I don't know if I should have said that or not, but... Anyway, uh, Sweetheart Banquet is coming up uh, next Sunday night after services, and uh, we need to start planning for the youth winter camp that starts February the 16th through the 19th. So whatever you have to do to prepare for that, um, that has proven to be a really good thing for our youth and so uh, participate in that. Um, the Sweetheart Banquet, by the way, is after the evening service next Sunday night. So um, let's see. Okay. Uh, remember today, I think, is, is it today that's the bridge? It's not today, is it? It is today. It's at 1 p.m., yes. Zone 3 is to help with that. Okay. That's all the announcements that I have. Get a bulletin to keep you abreast of the things that are going on in the congregation. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to say as a leader of the congregation is that uh, we appreciate so much the work that people are, are doing here and carrying on the, the activities and all that, that help to grow the Lord's church. Uh, we ask that all of our members, uh, you know, um, as you get older, it's hard to keep up with everybody. So if in case we don't check on you and something's going on, doesn't mean we don't care. It's just that Sometimes it's just more difficult to do. But if you know that you're sick or something, you let us know if you know it. I, sometimes I, I wonder because, we, yes. What's that again? What presentation? Oh. Eddie's got it, okay. Sorry, I don't hear well. Um, I try to talk loud, but I don't hear well. One of the th things that I wanted to say to you is that, uh, you know, as I was saying, be, uh, don't, don't get upset if we don't know, okay? And another thing is, you know, you're, you're a Christian, a child of God, you're responsible to be serving God. And so show as much enthusiasm in the kingdom as you would anywhere else, okay? And if we do that, you know that uh, the kingdom will grow and many people will get to hear the gospel. Well, that's my little sermon. So uh, song leader today is Wyatt Bohannon, 
and uh, prayer. Doug Parks will have the opening prayer. Tim Wright is going to have the reading. Matt will have our lesson, and uh, Bill McGuire will have the closing prayer. And um, we, Eddie does have something to say for, uh, for the whole congregation, so pay attention to what he's saying. You know, I mentioned last Sunday about how important this meeting we're going to have next Sunday right after worship service. As we talk to Curtis and learn the things, we try to make it to safety the best that we can. I don't know if you've noticed it. We changed the doors in, in the auditorium, in the NX, and in the bottom. The doors are made back there where you cannot see in easily. We care.
supper be three seven seven three seven seven
you'd like to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read verses 14 through 21 to help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the, the righteousness of God in him. Four things from this passage. In verse 14, we see the phrase, the love of Christ. Also meaning the, the Christ's love for us and all that he's done for us. We also see in verse 14 and then again in verse 15 that he died for all. But more importantly, he rose again for us. And so as we gather around this table every Lord's Day, as we've been commanded to, we remember that great sacrifice. And it wasn't just for me, and it wasn't just for you, it was for everybody. And we're thankful for that. We also see in verse 18 that he, re he reconciled us to himself. Spiritually, because of that, we are no longer at war with God. What a comforting thought. And then finally in verse 21, we see the phrase, the righteousness of God. It's a righteousness that comes from God because it was achieved through the perfect faith and obedience of Christ. But even more so, it is through his blood that we are justified and sanctified. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for this bread which represents the broken body of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, that as we partake of this this morning, that we will do it in a way that is well-pleasing in your sight, and that we remember that sacrifice that you gave. And we pray, Lord, that we would always remember to take this to others and let them know of that sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for this bread. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to this time thanking your son Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. This is now as we take this fruit of the vine, which Christ said with his blood, and we do so may please in thy sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. concludes our Lord's Supper and now have our uh, prayer for the offering. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for all the many things that you bless us with, and we ask, Lord, that as we give back a portion of that, that we would do so that is well-pleasing in your sight, not grudgingly or, or, or in spite of anything, but we thankful, Lord, for all those things. We pray, Lord, that you would be able to use this to further your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
long before the opening prayer, it'll be 424. 424. As I travel through this pit. Our kind, loving Heavenly Father, we are 
so thankful to you. We come and praise your high and holy name because you have given us all good gifts that we have in this life today. We're thankful for the daily needs that you provide us with, and yet, dear Lord, you provide us far beyond that. You provide us with many wonderful spiritual blessings, namely that of you sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we might have the hope of eternal life. Dear Lord, as we're thankful for these blessings, we also are mindful that there are those uh, throughout this world that uh, are lacking even in the needful things. We pray that uh, something can be done, that they can be provided with their daily needs. And we realize, dear Lord, that there's those that uh, are not able to know about you because it's prohibited by their government. And they do not have access to your word or to anyone that can come and tell them about you. We pray, dear Lord, that something can be changed in that also, that everyone in this world can have that opportunity to know about you and your great power, your great might, and how your son came to this earth and died on the cross, that we might have hope of eternal life. Dear Lord, we're thankful for this congregation here at Fountainhead. We thank you for every member that is a part of this congregation. We pray that you help us all, that we may let our light shine before others, that as they see our light shine, that they may glorify your name. Pray that you be with the elders here. We're thankful for them. We're thankful that we have men who are qualified, who are willing and able to uh, lead us as a congregation of your people. And we pray that you bless them with wisdom and guidance in all the decisions that they make. Pray that you be with uh, the deacons and, and their families also. Each one has their special uh, work that they're involved in. We pray that you bless them and help them. Help us all as brothers and sisters in Christ to be supportive, to be helpful to them. That all these things will be a blessing to us to help us to uh, grow in number and grow in spirit. That we all may be made closer to you. Pray that you be with uh, Brother Matt as he preaches the word here. And through all the other duties that he has, that uh, things that he takes care of throughout the week. We pray that you bless him and Aaron long useful life pray that you be with him this morning as he brings us the message of the hour we pray that uh, he'll bring something that will be needful to us all and give him a, a good memory of the things that he's prepared that our hearts might be touched and that we can be made closer to you once again pray that you be with Derek and Caitlin and uh, bless them and the ministry uh, over with the young people that we have here at this congregation pray that their work will be fruitful and helpful and we're thankful for all the young people we have dear lord we have so many and they have such energy and uh great uh concern to do your will bring in their friends to worship and 
telling others about your love. And we, we pray that you continue to bless them and help them, that they may continue as they grow, that they'll be strong in the faith throughout their walk in life. Dear Lord, we pray that you be with those who were mentioned on the sick list this morning. Pray that you be with uh, Wilma Hawkins and Vera Harrison, Regina Triplett, Libby Miller, Daphne Hagen, Brooklyn Raglan, Jane Raglan. Pray that you be with all of them as, as they're not able to be with us today. Uh, pray that you'll give them help and strength that they can be back with us very soon. We realize, dear Lord, that there's others that are not with us this morning, and if, if they ha happen to also be sick, we pray that you can restore their health. If they are traveling, we pray that their travels will be safe and that they'll return to us safe and sound. Pray that you be with uh, Eleanor Thurman, dear Lord, who uh, we find that uh, has cancer, and we pray that uh, you bless her and help her, uh, that there may be some treatment that will help her to overcome the cancer that she has, if it be your will. Uh, we're thankful, dear Lord, that um, Andrew Raglan has been able to return back to us in this area uh, of the country who uh, thought that she may have to stay in California for several months, but they have released her and she's back uh, with us now. And we pray that you continue to help her heal uh, with the surgery that she just recently had. Pray that you be with the Keel Christian family and the loss of their loved ones. Uh, give them the comfort and strength that they need in their time of loss. Dear Lord, we pray that you be with the church the world over. Pray the same blessings for them that we pray for ourselves. That we all can be shining lights wherever we may be. We pray especially for our missionaries that are in hard places that They'll be safe and sound, and yet they'll also be fruitful. And dear Lord, we, we live in a world today and a nation where there's just so much evil and there's so much wicked. We pray, dear Lord, that you just help us as Christians, uh, again, that we can just be the example that we ought to be. Give us words of wisdom to speak to others. Help us to be effective as we talk to lost souls, that we might bring them to you. And then also in turn, that we can uh, bring a lot of the evilness that's in this world, that it can be uh, turned away and changed to right righteousness as people repent of their sins. We pray that you be with our government and our leaders in government. We, we pray that they'll consult you for help and strength and all the decisions that that they make. We pray, dear Lord, that, that you'll help them that they not be so, uh, so show so much pettiness toward each other and uh, the different uh, political parties that are out there that, that they can learn to work with one another and, and work toward that one solution that, that will solve the, the problems that, that we have in this world. And again, we pray that they look for your guidance to help them to, to uh, work through these things. We pray that you not only be with our national leaders, but also state and local leaders, be with leaders of other nations, that they also look to you for guidance and help. We pray that, that you be with soldiers that are out there. We pray that they may be able to return home safe and sound someday, 
that they will not have to engage in some kind of conflict where uh, their life or the life of the other be taken or injured in some way, but all can be safe. Dear Lord, we're so thankful for Jesus Christ who came to this earth and, and died on the cross for our sins. Help us, dear Lord, to, to focus on what he has done for us and what it means that he has died for us. Help us to understand what eternity is going to be about. And help us, dear Lord, to be diligent that we do everything that we can that we could have a home in heaven someday. We pray that you forgive us of our sins. We pray for your help to help us overcome the temptations that come our way in this life. We pray, dear Lord, that as we leave here today, that everyone has done what they should, that they have been obedient to the gospel, that they have put on their Lord in baptism, that they can be that new person and live a life for him and live faithfully unto death. Help us, dear Lord, that we might accomplish all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to mark in your books, the invitation song will be 576, 576. And the song formats lesson 242, 242. Soldiers of Christ. Scripture reading this morning before our lesson, we come from Revelations chapter 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Good morning, everybody. Time to get them on the list, but several of them are sick so blue was sick and i think elizabeth and, and one of the kids is sick so you know how that'll probably go with them it'll just pray for them that they are the only ones that get it aren't y'all glad to be here y'all wore out y'all sleep huh y'all ready to get into the word that's what i'm ready for right here some good singing we had a great prayer 
we are ready to dive into God's word. Amen. Isn't this a great uh, time of your day? Haven't you looked forward to it all week to come and be able to worship the Lord in spirit and truth? Haven't you looked forward to be with the saints and be together and, and, and dive into his word and see how you can fix those things that you may be struggling with in your life? I hope that that's uh, where you are. I, uh, we're going to begin a series uh, on the churches uh, in Asia, in Revelation. And it's going to be a seven-part series. Next week, I'll take a break from it, but then we'll get back into it. But the title of the series is You Have Mail. And kind of a play on words, but there's seven letters in Revelation that Jesus wrote to the churches. And he wanted to give them some encouragement. Uh, some of the things are uh, things that they needed to fix. But whatever they were, we have it here for us. And I want to just go ahead and get right into it. But I do want to set it up. And I want us to just think about a couple things as we begin uh, this series. Jesus is the author of each of these letters. And this is important because Jesus Christ was then and he still is today interested in the lives of his disciples. Would you say that that's a true statement? Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. God cares about his people. And Jesus, by writing to these congregations, it shows his concern for the body. Also, as we begin, we'll see in these letters that Jesus is the answer and the solution to all the needs of the brethren. Look at what Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What an encouraging verse that is. As we look at the situations of each of the churches, we'll see the Lord giving the way to fix those struggles, to fix those sins. Also in every letter, and I want this to be something you think about and remember, the Lord makes this statement, I know your works. Jesus is all-knowing, isn't he? You know, that should be encouraging, but at the same time, a little bit scary, huh? You know, nothing is hidden from God. Hebrews 4.13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And finally, we need to understand that Jesus is the authority. You know, like Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing is hidden from the one who we must give an account to. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Whether you want to or not, whether you think that uh, it, that's a big deal or not, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and each one may receive the things done in the body according to what you've done, whether good or bad. 
So just a couple things as we begin to uh, think about this series. And as was just read, he who has an ear, let him hear, brethren, what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, a little bit of background on Ephesus, and I I don't want to go into a lot of that, but uh, it was the capital of Asia Minor. And it was a great commercial center for all kinds of people. It also contained one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple of Diana. Listen to the size of this thing. 425 feet long, 220 feet wide, and 60 feet tall. It was a big place. But it was a very evil place. One of the famous philosophers said this about Ephesus. No one could ever live in Ephesus without weeping at the immorality on every side. We think that we have it bad now. You know, a lot of people say, oh, look at the times and look at the things that are happening. Brethren, in the first century, it was bad. In the first century, there was so much immorality going on, it was a shame. Even the philosophers would say, it is a, you can't even go around the city without crying for all the immoral things that were going on. But let's go ahead and start. Verse 1 says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars and the seven golden lampstands represent the churches, the congregations, and the body of Christ. And I want us to be encouraged by what the verse tells us. First it says, he holds the stars in his right hand. And not only does he hold them in his right hand, but he walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. What we have to know about Jesus is he isn't a distant leader, is he? Jesus isn't a distant leader. No, Jesus wants to be involved in his people's lives. See, Jesus is not far away. Jesus had these churches in his hand. And not only did he have them in his hand, but he was walking in their midst. You remember Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, that says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, what does Jesus say? I am there in the midst of them. Jesus wants us to have him around. Jesus wants us talking about him. Jesus wants us thinking about him. Jesus wants us honoring him in everything that we do and say. Jesus is going, well, I done did something. Sorry about that, y'all. I done clicked something. What I did. Sorry, Timothy, get me straight back there. Thank you. Let me put this thing down. I'm going to obviously mess up, put my hand in my pocket. Jesus is going to be with his people. And, you know, that's a great example for leadership in the church, really. You know, elders should want to be with the people. They should want to smell like sheep. And know the struggles and the problems. And James kind of addressed those situations. You know, it should work together. The the shepherds should want to be with the sheep. And the sheep should want to be with the shepherds. Isn't that right? But look at verses 2 and 3. 
I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. We talked about it just a few moments ago. Jesus says, I know your works. Jesus knows exactly what we're doing, brethren, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. Jesus knows when we're weak and Jesus knows when we're strong. He sees where we turn to when we face those struggles in life. You know, when his word tells us to change, he sees what we do, whether we make that change or whether we don't. See, Jesus sees everything. But what does Jesus do? He praises their labor. It was labor to the point of exhaustion. The Greek word uh, lets you know that what they were doing was to the point of sweat. It was a kind of labor that required everything that they had. So they were putting their all into these acts. Look at what it says. He praised their patience, their endurance for his name's sake. He also said that they couldn't bear those who were evil. You know, if you just stop there and you don't go any further... Doesn't it seem like this group kind of had it going on, right? It seems like this group kind of had it together. They were patient. They endured. They hated evil. They were hard workers. They hadn't become weary. And they were doing just as the apostle Paul had challenged them to do in Acts chapter 20. Flip with me real quick to Acts chapter 20. And I'll move quick. Just hang with me, brethren. I promise you'll get a blessing out of this. My belly's growling too. Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Paul, in Miletus, trying to go back to Jerusalem. He stops by and he wants to pull these Ephesian elders, the congregation that Jesus is talking to, to him. And he wants to give them some last words. And look at what he says. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul, in his emotional address, with tears for three years, this emotional address to the elders at Ephesus, he tells them to take heed and to all the flock and to shepherd the church of God which was purchased by Jesus' blood. 
Because wolves are going to come in and they're not going to spare you. Men from among your congregation, men from among you guys are going to rise up and speak perverse things to draw away the disciples to themselves. So watch and remember what I said, y'all, as I leave you and you never see my face again. Now, back in the letter, uh, Jesus talks to the uh, church at Ephesus. This is the exact things that he's commending them about. These are the very actions that he's talking about. There was no way that someone was going to come in and be a false teacher and draw the brethren away. Jesus tells the Ephesians he knows their works in keeping the false prophets out. But then there's a change. There's a change. Look at what verse 4 says. Nevertheless. <laughs> Nevertheless is a transition word. And the transition means to the most important thing. You know, I know your works and I've seen those things and they're great, but, or nevertheless, let me get to the real point. I have this against you. How could a congregation that is to the point of exhaustion doing the works for the Lord and keeping false teachers out have something against them? Look at the rest of the verse. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. What does that mean? You know, a couple weeks ago, I preached from 2 Timothy chapter 2, talking about being a good soldier. And Paul tells Timothy, and that's basically what I preached on, being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What have they lost sight of? Have they become so good at opposing false teachers with the truth that they had lost sight of the need to do all as he commands. Think about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. What are we supposed to do, brethren, as Christians? Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who before the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. They were using the truth, and they were right in their teaching. They were right in their deeds. But Jesus somehow became lost in their sight. They had lost their enthusiasm to serve the one who died for them. Really? Is that us? Is that you? Is that me? Have we forgotten that 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us? It goes back to what I said last week. If we have all the doctrine and we don't have love, are we really doing God's will? Or have we become just as bad as those people we want to talk so bad about, the Pharisees and the scribes? Are we contending for the faith 
and spending all of our time fighting false doctrine and proving that we're right, but then we don't visit the sick, then we don't feed the hungry, and we don't grow spiritually, or more importantly, we don't love each other or our neighbor. What does that say about our love for the Lord? When we lose sight of who we're serving and begin to just go through the motions, you know, we develop a loss of love for Jesus. Is this you? If you had to say deep down inside of you, is this you? I'm doing what I have to do just because I have to. Think about it. I know we're ready to go. I know the time is close. But just wait for just a minute. Knock that thought out for just a second and let this one sink in. Am I doing what I have to do because I have to? You know, when we lose that love for Jesus, we lose the love for obeying his commands. When we lose that love for Jesus, we lose that love for going and seeking the lost. When we lose that love for Jesus, we lose that love for each other. You know, we'd do anything for our kids, wouldn't we? Huh? If one of your children, if one of your grandchildren, if one of your husband or wives was standing about to be killed, and they said, who'll take their place? Would you take it? Absolutely. Right now, just step out of the way. Isaac, get out. Huh? Am I right about it? Step out of the way. I got this, Aaron. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Brethren, I don't ever want to be at the place where I lose my passion, where I lose my enthusiasm, where I lose my desire to be pleasing to God, to the one that I love the most. So I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Will you pray for me? And I want you to pray specifically this way for me. Please, if you don't do anything else this week, do this for me. Pray that I'll never lose my enthusiasm. Pray that I'll never lose my love for the one who said, step out the way. <laughs> step out the way. I got this. And I'm going to pray for you. I already got five, and you know what? I'm increasing my number. I'm going to pray for 10 of y'all this week. And I'm going to pray in general this week for every member in this congregation, every visitor that's here that they'll understand where the true love is at. It's in Jesus. When you love somebody, you'll do anything for them. And we all understand that concept. We all understand that concept. But do we do what we do just because we have to? Hey, I know I got this job assigned to me and I got to do it. And you know what? I, it just puts me out to have to do it. 
I really don't want to do it, but I got to do it. Mark chapter 3, and I'm just about done, I promise. Mark chapter 3, Jesus, he appoints the 12. This is a great point, y'all. Jesus appoints the 12, and look what he says. He says that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Think about what he wanted them to do first. He wanted them to be with him. He didn't just give them a list of rules and say, here you go, do it. I'll see you later, man. I hope you keep them because if you don't, I'm going to condemn you. He said, no, I want you to be with me. I want you to walk with me when I'm down. I want you to walk with me when I'm struggling. I want you to pray with me. I want you to sing with me. I want you to see what I do when I heal these people. I want you to be here with me when you see me dealing with the Pharisees. I want you to be right here with me. (laughs) Am I doing what I'm doing just because I got to? You know, Jesus said this, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master's doing. Isn't that a true statement? But Jesus says this, I call you friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. I want you to know everything. I want you to be the most successful person because I love you and I care about you. And I died for you. Now in return, what will you do for me? Half-heartedly go through life and just say, eh, you know what, it is what it is. It'll get done. As we sit here this morning, if we had to be honest with ourselves, would we say that that's true? Will we say that that's true? Well, if it is, brethren, Jesus gives them the keys to change. In verse 5, he says, Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Hey, remember where you've fallen from. (laughs) You know, falling implies that you were here and then you fell down, right? It means that you were at some place and then you fell down. The first step in getting back where you need to be is realizing something's wrong. And remembering how you used to be. You remember when you first obeyed the gospel? I love using this point. I remember when I first obeyed the gospel. What a relief. I couldn't wait to go tell somebody. And I did. Here's a true statement before you know it, and you guys, they're not here. I don't know why. I wish they were. Five, six, seven people were obeying the gospel. I couldn't wait. I wasn't no preacher. Still ain't no preacher. 
Brethren, have you gone cold in your religion? Have you gone cold in your love for the Lord and you're just doing what you do? Remember how it felt when you first started. And repent. Turn from it. Be a man. Be a woman. Turn from it. Do the right thing. Do an about face. And then he says, return and do the first works. <laughs> it's a simple process, really. Remember where you fell from. Ask for forgiveness. Turn from the way that you're doing and go back to it. Be on fire for the Lord. When we do this, this is what happens. When we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. This is great how this verse ends. I mean, he's kind of hard on us. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. <laughs> Are you doing what you do just because you got to do it? And then pretend like you love the Lord? That's a double-minded person, isn't it? Or do you say, you know what? I'm going to do my job, my little peddly job that nobody knows about, that nobody even ever gives me a attaboy about. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because I love Jesus. And that's good enough. <laughs> you get an attaboy from Jesus, that's good enough, ain't it? I don't care if one person tells me I did a good job. I appreciate when people tell me I did it. I'm not saying don't tell me a good job. I need one. But you know what I'm saying. What I want to make sure that I do with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind is preach the word in its purity for what Jesus says it is, for what the Lord says it is. And display it in a way that brings glory and honor to his name. And if that's done, when I get done, I can say, Lord, I did it. I did it. How important is it for us to stay in love with the Lord? How important is it? Because if you do... You get eternal life, don't you? Hey, brethren, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 7, to him who overcomes, I'll give you the, I'll give you to, I will, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I want to close with this comment, and I love this song. Don't you want to go to that land? Heaven bound. I'm heaven bound. How about you? Jesus loves you enough to die for you. In return, will you show him how much you love him? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you aren't doing what you're supposed to do. Maybe you've forgotten your first love and you've left it. Come back. Be on fire. Know that you can change people's lives. You personally care about it again. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. 
Don't wait. When I heard that I wasn't doing the truth, when I heard that I was contrary to God's word, when I knew that I needed to make a change, I changed. It embarrassed me for just like a second. (laughs) And then I realized that I was added to the body of Christ. All my sins were washed away. Why would I not want that? Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved, if you need prayers, whatever you need, brethren, I love you guys so much. Stay fired up. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and stand up. Seven, seven, four, eight. Just a couple things, real quick, for our youth. Song on our closing prayer. Uh, we have the services at Richland Place today. Um, if you can be there at four, please try to be there. Um, our guys are ready to do the services there. Girls, y'all try to support them. Um, 30 minutes of your time before services. It doesn't take too long. Try to make it out for that. Um, and again, following evening services tonight, uh, we'll have our first, first youth devotional of the year. Uh, we'll also watch the Super Bowl downstairs. Um, please bring finger foods. I don't think we got that announced, but if you're planning on staying, please bring finger foods for us to eat tonight um, as we have our youth devotional um, and as we watch the Super Bowl. Thank you, guys.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and all the blessings you've given us. We're thankful for this opportunity to come together to study thy word. We're so thankful for Matt and the lesson that he's brought us. And Father, we pray that you will be with the elders here, that they can lead us so that we can grow in truth and in spirit. Be with those that are sick, especially the ones of this congregation. We pray their health may be restored back to them. Father, we pray that you will forgive us of all our sins and guide us until we meet at the next appointed time. Christ, let me pray, amen.